All right, everybody, we're going to get started tonight. It's good to see everybody. And uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up our series in Galatians. And uh, I just want to say uh, thank you for uh, allowing me to do this. Thank you, Jeff, for allowing me to kind of head up this, this study. It's been really good for me. And I hope it's been beneficial to you as well. Um, it's, it's really been an incredible dive into what it looks like for us, right, as Gentile believers. Mm-hmm. And so that it was very helpful for me, you know, because you have this whole, um, you know, section called the Old Testament, and it's really Jewish and, you know, like, but I'm not, I'm not Jewish, so what does that all mean? And what does that mean to, what me? Does that mean to me, you know? And so um, for Paul to to write these letters and really uh, in really a way to help uh, new believers, especially the Gentiles who are coming to, to the faith, who are being brought into the family of God, um, it's just, it's been really good. And here's the deal. Galatians is really the opening act. Yeah. If you want to dive deeper, go read Corinthians <laughs> and, and go read uh, Romans, which is really probably the, uh, where, where most theologians, you know, think that Galatians was first and then it was, you know, the Corinthian letters. And, and then Romans, kind of the last one, was where, like, Paul had a lot of time to really work this out in his mind and, and, and present it. And so um, he really goes into, into greater detail in those books, and so it's really good. Last week, last week we talked a lot about sin. Um, you know, we, we have Jesus, and we know he saves. He saves us from our sin. Um, we've got his glory. We're, we're covered, you know, by his blood, and we've got all these great things. But we looked at, like, okay, what, what is sin? You know, is the law what judges that? Well, no, the law had its purpose, right? But we looked at what sin is, and we talked about uh, that word sarks, right, which is the Greek word for flesh. Um, talked about the animal desires, the animal instincts, the things that basically make us put ourselves first. Yeah. Um, and And so if it's something where, you know, we will put ourselves, especially, you know, before someone else and especially at the expense of yeah. someone else, yeah. yep. it is definitely sin. Um, when we put ourselves before God, right, it is sin. It is when we say, you know what, I'm my own God. Yeah, um, when we start doing what Satan wanted to do in the garden. Right. You know, um, yeah, you're you, your own God. Yeah. You you, you make the decision. Really you make the choice. That? Yeah. You know, and so it, getting us to follow um our own, like, our own desires, but the the um, that animal side of us, right? that that part that again makes us put us first. Because God gives us desires, God gives us good desires. Mm-hmm. Desires not necessarily a bad thing, but it's when we pursue things to the extent where it negatively impacts us, people, our relationship with God. Yeah, it becomes sin. Um, and but, that, that's the thing too. And Paul makes it clear, not just in Galatians, but in in really all of his letters. Anything that negatively impacts your relationship with God 
is absolutely going to negatively impact your relationships oh, yeah. with one another. Sure. Uh, if you are not in right relationship with God, you will not. I'm going to say that again. You will not be in right relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be um, a facade, I guess. That you, it might look like it, but something's going to happen, and you're going to realize uh, we're not right. Uh, we can't be right. Uh, if you're not right with God, you will not be right with fellow man. That's just the way it works. And tonight, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to us like we're all believers in here, okay? I'm just going to make that assumption. You know, maybe someone who needs salvation tonight, you know, we can always talk, talk yep. afterwards about yep. that. But we do that. we're going to say we live by the Spirit, right? We're not going to live by the flesh. We live by the Spirit. And our God is love and self-denial. Yeah. Um, what did Jesus say? Deny yourselves yeah. daily, take up your cross, and follow me. And that is that is very very much the case. Uh, we we test our actions against the backdrop of loving God and loving our neighbor. Yeah. Love has brought us into the kingdom of God, and love is how we show the world who God is. That's right. For those of us who live by the Spirit, um, we have freedom in Christ. Paul's clear about that. Um, it, it's the love of Christ that has set us free as Gentiles from being bound by the law. Mm-hmm. So that, that law that the Jews uh, follow, again, good thing, God created it. But I, I love that because the, the disciples really had a, a moment of, where they had a choice or they could have really bound us to that. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that in Binding and Loosing. Um, but they they freed us. And they, they did that out of love too. They realized, okay, Jesus did something here. And he did it for everyone. Yeah. And so we're not gonna we're not gonna hold these Gentiles to something, especially when when God didn't make that covenant with them to begin with. And so yeah. it was really neat to look at that. Um, but we're not bound by the law. Our rule is to follow love. Yeah. Paul tells us that freedom is an incredible gift and one that we should use well. It's not something that because we're free from the law that we should just go do whatever we want to yeah. to do, right? No, we should use our freedom well, show people what love is, and points out that just because uh, that we have been freed from the law, it doesn't give us a license to do whatever we want. That's right. For those who indulge in the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so, sorry if my voice is a little raspy tonight, guys. I'm trying to push through. I was yelling at a TV last night. (laughs) (laughs) No, um... So here's the deal. So what now? We, we, we realize this. Um, our God is love. Our measuring stick, if you will. Um, the law, again, is great. I love the Old Testament. I absolutely love the Old Testament. Reading it, reading how God moved in powerful ways. Um, there's so many good lessons. Uh, and, and when you look at the law, it was designed for the Jews to be set apart, to make them holy. Right? That's what holy means, is set apart. And to be different from the rest of the world. Uh, we get to do that too, but we just do it through love. And, and so what now? What does this mean for us? How do we use this gift of freedom and love? How do we use it? Well, Paul's going to, he's going to finish out Galatians. He's going to, in here in chapter 6, he's going to finish this out talking about this. So let's read Galatians 6 verses uh, 1 through 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit 
should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Paul comes in, he's, he's been using this, this, you know, these terminologies, right? Living by the Spirit, the law of Christ, and words like this. And I, I, I had to really think about this passage when I read it. Because I wondered how many times when I saw someone in sin, a brother and sister in Christ, uh, or someone outside of yeah, the church, anyone, anyone, yeah, anyone, and I condemned that person. And I said, well, because they're living in sin, like, you know, they're too far gone or, mm. um, you know, God God doesn't want anything to do with them. And that was me, right? I, and I kind of feel like that's what he was talking about when he says, watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. Um, I think that temptation is, you know, that, that you're going to condemn someone f- for sin when you're a sinner too. I mean... It's it's something that we all do. Mm-hmm. We are very quick to judge. And Paul says we can't do this. And so here's the thing. Believers must work together to better one another without condemning each other. Mm. I think when honestly when we come to the realization that there is no sin greater than the other. Hmm. Absolutely no sin greater than the other, and that we are all sinners, each and every one of us. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody in the world's a sinner. And when we can come to that realization, maybe we'll start seeing people the way God sees them. Mm. We categorize like crazy. What did Jesus say? You've committed one. Committed them all. You've committed them all. Right. Oh, yeah. And that goes back to that whole comparison yeah. thing that he talked about. See, our job is to care for one another yeah. in love and instruct and rebuke all in an effort to build up the body of Christ, yeah, not love. tear it down. In love. When we see a sin uh, sin in a fellow believer, our job isn't to condemn them. It should be to love them and help them move towards Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard this one time, I think it was on a radio station, but I, I, something that stuck with me. It says, you can try to change people and God will love them, or you can love people and let God change them. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. So much truth. Um, we, we've got to be very, very careful. And I understand that it's a, it's a, a fine line. People don't like being, um, you know, confronted about sin in their life. and I, I get that. But, you know, when I think about what Jesus said, you know, it's kind of like that whole uh, speck and plank situation. Yeah. He didn't say, don't go help your brother. He said, just make sure you get the plank out of your eye first. Mm. 
He didn't, he didn't say, don't go talk to them about it. Just make sure you're right first. Yeah. And so I think we've got to be, be very careful. We've got to work together on this. I love verse 2. Um, I, and I don't mean to interrupt you, no, but, no, but I'm, I'm caught up in this. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right? What is the law of Christ? What did Jesus say? He said, this fulfills all. Love God, love your neighbor. Yep. Love, the law of Christ is love God and love your neighbor. Absolutely. And he said, the way you do that, if you're asking, well, how can I love God? How can I love my neighbor? What does he say in verse 2? Carry each other's burdens. In other words, bear with one mm-hmm. another. Bear with one another and you'll fulfill the law of Christ. And, and I want to say something else and, and put this in this into my notes. And like I said, go read, go read like 1 Corinthians and go read Romans. Paul is talking to believers. Yeah. yeah. We especially can't condemn non-believers. You can't. Go read 1 Corinthians yeah, 5. First, yeah, we just bathed in 1 Corinthians. Yeah. yeah. Read the end. He's like, he was talking about a situation that was going on in the church in Corinth. And he says, and he's like, I'm talking about this. He said, I'm not talking about people who are outside the church. Yeah. I can't condemn them because they don't know any better. That's right. I, I, can't, I can't do that. Judgment but with us, the house of God. Yes, we have to look at each other. We have to, I would say, not judge, but make judgments. Yes. You know, um, but it's all in a, or it should be in a form of love. That's right. And trying to build each other up. But not only that, believers must work on themselves. So first we've got to work together for, for the betterment of all. But we need to work on ourselves without comparing ourselves to each other. That's what Leslie just said. Yep. We cannot compare ourselves to each other. Here's the deal. We're all on the same journey, yep. but we're not in the same place. We're on the same path, right? Yep. But we may be, so maybe a little further down the road than others. We're all headed in the same direction, though. And here's the thing, if I'm ahead of you, so to speak, right, uh, in my walk with Christ, I can't say that I'm better than you. That's right. I can't do that. Hmm. I would be sinning if I did. And here's the deal, if you're ahead of me, I can't beat myself up for not being a stronger Christian because it's something I'm working toward. I've got to focus on my relationship with God and you've got to focus on your relationship with God. That's right. We, we are all in different stages of our lives. We're in different um, you know, faith walks. We're in different journeys. Some may be in hills. Some may be in valleys. Some may be on the mountaintop. But we're moving in the same direction. And what happens when you start comparing yourself to someone else and you've already taken your eyes off God. Yeah. You, you've... you've Moved from like, okay, well, I need to this or, or no, well, at least I'm not like this. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And, it, and it's definitely not profitable. Yeah. Who, who is that helping? Yeah. Who's, who's that helping? Not, not you nor, nor the person the, you're that's comparing right. yourself to. <clears throat> that's right. Um, here's the thing. I, when it comes to this, when we work on ourselves, I can help you. But I can't change you. That's right. And it's vice versa. You, you can help me, 
But you can't, it's that whole, like, I can lead a horse to water, right? We can't make them drink. That's right. And, and I love that because, uh, <clears throat> just to give you a perfect example, several years ago, um, you know, I was having all this pain in my shoulder, and uh, I'd gone to my brother John, uh, who, who's a therapist, and uh, John was, was trying to help me, and he said, I, I, think, I think there's something wrong, and, and you're going to have to go to an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, John recognized, hey, I can help, but I can't fix. You, I've, got to, I've got to get you to someone who can fix. And, and, of course, his suggestion was, how about your friend that you've coached with? Go to Dr. Graves. Let him look at it. And sure enough, you know, MRI, torn rotator, all that good stuff. And, and that's what we can do, right? That's what we can do. We can, we can help, right? We can help point people. And move people to the one who can change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, God is the one. We've read this in Ezekiel. I mentioned it this morning. God is the one who can take a heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. You can't do that, and I can't do that, okay? You, I can't preach enough sermons to actually do that, right? Only God can do that. So I preach a sermon to get you to the one who can do that. I point you to the one who can do that. And that's what Paul's doing. But in that same respect, you still had to make the choice. That's right. To go see the doctor. That's right. Like you point you in the right direction. That's right. But you still had to make the choice. I had to make the choice. That's right. And that's where, that's where we, we have this balance. So we have to love each other. And when we see someone struggling, we need to try to help them. But we, we, we can't condemn them. That's right. When they're failing, even if they don't want help, we still got to love. Yeah. It's on them to make the decision to to work on their walk with Christ. And yeah. it's our decision to to work on our walk with Christ. And so um, I think that's a, a pretty incredible part of this. And it's 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 not easy because I mean we live in a world that's full of comparisons. Mm. I mean, we live in a world that tells Constantly. you to compare yourself to this or that. Uh but as Christ followers, we're to be different. We're to yeah. look different. Yeah. And so Paul counters this instruction, though, with a final warning. And here in uh, verse 7 through 10, we'll read that. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap des- destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Mm. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, mm. especially those who belong to the family of believers. Mm. Um, Paul, he gives this final warning, and he's, he goes back over what we, what we talked about in the last chapter, this whole... Flesh versus the spirit, mm-hmm. and and this mean, this is a lot of things. It, it really does. It means a lot of things. But see, here's the deal: In, indulging the flesh will reap dis- destruction. I mean, bottom line. Yep. Indulging the flesh will reap destruction. If you want to pursue the things of this life, wealth, fame, whatever it is, um, you can, but you're going to lose it all. Yep. In the end. In the end, you're going to lose it all. destruction. And, and in other ways, 
um, if you want to pursue, uh, say, your career over your marriage, your marriage is going to suffer. And it's those those things where we have to put things in a proper order. We have to be careful in what we indulge in because it will affect yep. our, our every area, every our area, our yeah. area with God yeah. and also our area with people. Yeah, that's right. In so many ways. And so that's the thing. You, you can you can do that. You I mean, we all have that choice. But you're going to end up losing it all. Mm. Here's the deal: indulging the spirit will bring a bountiful harvest. Yeah. You ever? I'm sure many of you in here can can probably speak of a time where you said, "You know what? I'm going to do this. I don't know how it's going to end up. I'm going to I'm going to follow God in this. I'm going to trust Him." And maybe you didn't even see anything then, but it may be in a year, two years later, years later you saw that that had an impact in someone's life or, or it had an impact in your life. And that's the thing. When we follow God, when we trust in him and we, we pursue the spirit, we keep in step with the spirit, we're not always going to see, even on this side of heaven, we're not going to see the harvest necessarily. Sure, sometimes we may see great things happen. We may see God move in incredible waves. But sometimes we may not. Yeah. And we have to trust that God is going to keep moving forward, that he's going to keep using us, that he's going to keep doing incredible things, always because he's a good God. Yeah. And that, that's, what's so, that's why he, he, he finished that. Let us not become weary in doing good. Hmm. For at the proper time, not our time, not my time, not your time, right? Not the time change that they're doing away with. <laughs> but in the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so we're not always going to see it, but we trust God and we move with the Spirit and loving people and loving God, making that our priority, then we will see a harvest. So I love this. Um, uh, Jeremy broke this down, and, and he gave me this final passage, and uh, he really gave me the easier passage. So I appreciate him thinking of me. He probably just thought I was older. And um, anyway, well, I really am. But anyway, yeah, I am definitely older. Um, but I want to go back to the question that he asked at the very beginning. Here's the question he asked: How do we use this gift, right, that God has given us, the gift of freedom? How do we use that every day? How do we use the gift of love? Um, so I love this because as Paul closes out this very important letter, he does what he always does. He points to Jesus. At the end of the day, right? Paul says a lot, right? He, he's, he's a long-winded preacher, and, and I can identify. But at the end of the day, what does he want you to see? He wants you to see Jesus. He wants your focus and your eyes on Jesus. And, and I can identify with that. I tell you all the time, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Don't just listen to me. Listen to God. At the end of every sermon, all I want you to know is that Jesus Christ is your ransom. Right? 
He died for you. He paid the price so that you could have the freedom that Paul's talking about in this letter. So that you could embrace, know and embrace the love of God that he talks about in this letter. And so I believe we see two important truths in these final verses that really sum up everything Paul has said in this letter. I believe he answers that question that Jeremy asked. How do we use the gift of freedom? How do we use the gift of love right now where we are as Gentile believers? So I believe Paul does that with verses 11 through 18. So I'm going to read these verses. I'm going to read the whole passage, and then I'm going to share with you two truths that we need to walk away with. Verse 11 says, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Some theologians believe he used large letters because he was, you know, had bad vision. I believe he's saying that like, this matters. This is important. He says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. And here it is, verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he knows in doing that, he will be persecuted. He knows he's going to be persecuted. And that's what he's saying. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. In other words, you say circumcision, you say not, neither one of you. Who cares? <laughs> neither one matter. of you are right. <laughs> that's right. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And by the way, he did bear on his body the marks of Jesus. In other words, he was beaten. He, he was beaten. Uh, he talks about it in other letters how many times he was jailed, how many times he was stripped naked and beaten. So, so yeah, he, he bore the physical marks. He said, from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And he says in verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. So I want to answer that question. How can we use the freedom that God's given us? How can we use the love that God's given us? Number one, believers must rely on the finished work of Jesus Christ and nothing and no one else in their relationship with God. It's not the law that makes me right with God. It's not me trying to keep the law that makes me right with God. It's only Jesus Christ crucified that makes me right with God. And I rely not on myself or anything else to be right with God. I rely on Jesus. And that's what Paul says. Rely on the finished work of the cross 
of Jesus Christ. We talked about that this morning. The ransom work of Jesus is what has set me free from captivity. It's not all of my efforts to keep this law or that law or or any of the law. (laughs) It's what Jesus has done. See, my right standing with God is not because of law. My right standing with God is because of Jesus, period, period. And, and, and I'll say that all day long, everywhere I go from this point on in my life. It's not law, it's Jesus. Um, and he was specific here with one, one type of law. Which one was he specific about? Circumcision, right? And he says it. He says, people are wanting you to be circumcised because they're trying to please this crowd. And they want to boast that they made you get circumcised. He said, that doesn't point to Jesus. That doesn't point to Jesus. Neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts. What matters is the new creation. And how many times has Paul said, we are new in Christ? How many times does Paul say we are new in law? Anybody want to guess? You can go ahead and do what I'm doing. Zero. He never says we are new in law. He says we are new creation in Christ. He says it over and over and over again. It is Christ crucified. Nothing else, no one else. And so our right standing with God is because of Jesus, the finished work on the cross and the resurrection. So that's number one. Believers rely on the finished work of Jesus. Not only that, believers rely on the grace of God in their relationship with one another. Believers rely on the grace of God in their relationships with one another. Uh, Much of this chapter, chapter 6, that we focused on, Brother Jeremy has really hammered this in, uh, and really all of this letter, it's about believers' relationship with God and believers' relationship with one another. That's really what this whole letter is about. How do you relate to God, and how are you relating to one another in Christ? And and so uh, even tonight, we've talked about how we use our freedom that we've been given by God through Jesus Christ. We talked about caring for for one another, bearing each other's burdens, right? Bearing each other's burdens. And what did Paul say in verse 2? When you bear each other's burdens, when you carry one another's burdens, what are you fulfilling? The law of Christ. So again, how many times do we ask that question? You know, uh, how, how can I love God? How can I love people? You can carry one another's burdens. And I'm going to tell you something. Carrying one another's burdens, it's not pleasant. And it's not easy. It's dirty work. How many of you like dirty work? Okay. Nobody, huh? Some farmers in here, you ought to raise your hands. You're in the dirt all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't like the dirty work. They, they just don't. I don't like... I don't like my nails getting dirtier. You know, I don't, I don't like my hands being sticky. Um, I'm just going to tell you something. The Christian life is all about dirty work. It's all about dirty work. What did Jesus say in Mark 10, 45? I did not come to be served, but to serve. I'm going to tell you, there's been a couple of nights um, where I've gone and helped uh, Marty and Kim Romero and, and Christy, and some of you have done the same. Uh, I've gone and helped them. Um, serve over at Bayou Landing for weddings and events that they do. Uh, I have to be careful with what clothes I wear. Because the very first time I went to help, she said, hey, I need you to wear black pants and a black shirt. Well, I put on 
my really nice black slacks that I had bought like two weeks before. And guess what? I ain't wore them slacks since that night because they got stained up bad. And so I learned right off the bat when Kim says, hey, can you come help? Uh, I prepare to be dirty, to get dirty. Like, you want to know why? Because I'm serving. I'm serving. And I'm going to keep serving and serving until she tells me the job's done. And everything I do when I help her, it's dirty work. Like, it's, it's taking plates here and there, emptying plates, washing dishes. And I can put that apron on. We got them pretty aprons in there that you wear all the time. I can put that apron on, and I got this, I got this idea that this apron's going to help. And I still get something on my good clothes, on my good shoes, right? Listen, being a Christ follower and doing what Paul has told us in Galatians, right? It's not going to be easy, right? As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's what I would consider dirty work. I, just... I think of it like this. Um, Jesus went to the cross for other people. Whew. Do you realize he might call you to do the same thing? Mm. Mm. That's, I mean, he went to the cross for everybody in the world. And as Christ followers, he could call us to do the same thing. I mean, that's, yeah. really, that's how much he calls us to care for, a, for, for each other and for others. That's right. Yeah. And, and let's go back to this whole Sarks principle that we talked about last week. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I do want to go back and look at it. <laughs> um, that Sarks, right, that animal instinct, listen to me. It's not in my personal and human nature to serve you. <laughs> it's not, right? I'd you, rather and, you get up and go get me a bottle of water. And when we do, it's in our own interest. A- exactly. Let me go serve I, this rich person. Yeah, Maybe I can I get, get something, you know, out, of get it, something right? out of it, right? You know what I need? You know what I need? To have that mindset, I need the grace of God. I, I need the grace of God to transform me, to change me, right? To give me that nature to want to help someone regardless, right? Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of, of what it might cost me, regardless of, of how dirty I might get, right? I need the grace of God. And so that's why I say that. We must rely on the grace of God in our relationships with one another. And then finally, um, and this, this, is, this is all of it kind of bound up, believers must embrace Jesus Christ as Lord. Surrender. Believers must embrace Jesus Christ as Lord, and believers must embrace God's grace so that they can be vessels of God's grace to the world. And I'm going to tell you, the law can't do that. The law can't make you a vessel of God's love and God's grace. And it it kind of goes back to what, what I was saying at the beginning. If we can, if we can honestly understand who we are, yeah. that we're no better than anybody else, right? that the, the only difference we might have is that we have Jesus, which still doesn't make us better. It just makes us saved. That's right. <laughs> and we can understand God's grace yeah. for us and everyone. I think I think we can get we can be that vessel that's right. you're talking about of God's grace. That's right. And, and you know, um, and, and and we can't just assume that because today, right? Because today I've prayed and I'm relying on the grace of God, um, and today I, I'm I'm in a place where I want to serve you. I can't just assume that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and want to do that on my own. 
right? I, I can't just assume that I'm going to keep wanting to do that because here's the truth. The truth is every now and then I tend to turn my neck, right? And I, I turn to put my eyes on, on stuff and things that I want. And so here's what I'm saying. I need to embrace Jesus Christ as Lord every day. Each day when I get up, Jesus, you are Lord, and I am not. I surrender to you today. Yes, Lord, I was surrendered to you yesterday, but I'm not riding. I'm not riding on that slide again today. No, today I choose to surrender to you again. Today I choose to, to embrace the grace of God. I'm not going to ride the coattails of yesterday and last month and last week or the last ministry team I was on. No, it's a new day. And so today I surrender to Jesus Christ as the Lord. And today I need the grace of God. I don't know about you, but um, I find myself exhausting God's grace a lot. Does that make sense? Exhausting God's grace? In other words, um, sometimes I get to the point where, you know what? I ain't got no more grace. I can't do that for you. I'm out of grace today. Sorry, I've reached my limit. Anybody ever been there before? Well, you had a limit. (laughs) You you set a limit, and and the the grace limit is at zero, and so I'm done. It happens, okay? And I'm not condemning. I'm I'm not doing that to condemn. What I'm saying is the law can't fix that. And, and your past efforts and past work can't fix that. Only Christ, only Christ can fix that. So I rely on Jesus Christ. And, and look, I go to him in truth because he already knows, God, I'm, I'm wiped out. God, I'm, I'm worn out. And, and, and I don't think I can do this. But if you want me to, I'm surrendered to you. And I know that you will give me what I need to do this. Your grace is greater, right? And we can, we can add whatever word we want to the back of that. Your grace is greater than all my sin. Uh, your grace is greater than all my tiredness. Your grace is greater than all my failures, my faults, my flaws. Just add whatever. God's grace is greater. And I'm going to tell you something. God's grace is never exhausted. It's, you might think it is, but oh no, He's got grace for you, and it is endless. It is endless. So keep asking for it. Keep embracing it. Keep leaning on it. Keep relying on it. Because I'm going to tell you, um, I, I get tired just like you do. You may think I'm the Energizer Bunny, okay? but I'm not. Ask Marty, right? My batteries get depleted a lot quicker today than they ever have before. Um, and, and so I'm in constant need of God's grace. But here's the thing, I'm constantly relying on it too. That's what gets me to the next step. That's what gets me to the next opportunity to serve, the next opportunity to love, the next opportunity to carry a burden. Um, it's God's grace. I, I can't do what I do in and of myself. I can only do it through God's grace. And I'll tell you something. Don't, don't look at me and say, oh, well, pastor. No, 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 no. God's grace that's available to me as pastor is available to you as a lay member. It, it, yeah, there, there are no limits and no lines drawn to what God can do in you and in me. Titles don't change that. 
Do I have a, a responsibility because of what God's called me to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not trying to put my responsibility on you, but I am saying the God that works in my life and, and the God that pours grace out in me and on me and love, he, he does that for you too, where you are. And I just love this. What, what an awesome way to, to close out this letter. Because he closes it out with, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Right? The last thing he, I mean, his exclamation point on this letter is the grace of God that is found in who? Jesus Christ. Not the law that he has been talking about a lot. The last thing he can say, the last thing he leaves you with is the grace of God that is found in Jesus Christ and he says it's yours. Brothers and sisters, it is yours. So rely on it. Lean on it. That's what's going to get you through. Um, What a powerful letter.